10 seconds to fire it. 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Picking favorites! What's up, everybody? It's still good, I gotta say. It's, it's the so best. Good, Tyler. <laughs> it's why, the why best. Are you trying to improve on I don't perfection? know why you can't. It's the best there is. For everybody See, out there, the Tyler has been Bane. trying to rewrite his uh, his opening music for months <laughs> now, and we just we just won't let him. It's just too good. Uh, this is Zachary <laughs> Levi. <laughs> Tyler Bean. This is Dave Kentucky Coleman. This is Razzle. See, We're I know everybody's freaking Woo! out because we've been gone for a couple weeks. <laughs> But it was just so we could do this day with these four guys. Everybody's back in the studio. Two studios. Two but studios. we're all together. But we're still, all together. Doubly uh, special. Uh, we, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, happy but somber day for us. We're very excited to have a fantastic guest on today who uh, is a part of something that is huge this week. And we're all super excited about it. It was also uh, a huge, huge part of my childhood. Yeah, we'll he's basically that. Zach's entire childhood of uh, the comic <laughs> world, I, which I is I don't feel I just found out. No, don't. We haven't introduced he, you sorry, yet. Sorry, he oh, touched you as a child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Touched my heart. That took yeah, two boy. minutes. That's what I mean. yeah. Two mind. minutes uh, before um, we got to the first frequently. Uh, Dave, go ahead and give the official introduction. So, guys, we have a fantastic comic book author artist today. Uh, he his legendary career starting when he was 18 years old, uh, fresh out of high school. He started working for both Marvel and DC. Um, he was the guy who turned X Force into an unprecedented success and sold five million copies Whoa. of that, which is crazy. It's insane. I need to do uh, that again. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, guys, uh, he has created such things as Cable, Domino, X-Force, Youngbloods, Supreme, Profit and Glory, and everyone's favorite Merc with a Mouth, Deadpool, which we're all excited about. Please welcome to the show Rob Liefeld, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank okay, you. see, now you can talk. Now, okay. now. I apologize. Open I open up. Let's go. information incorrect, by the way. Uh, all of it. Uh, what? Right on the spot. I mean, all of it was right on the spot. Thank you. Thank, Fantastic. Thank you very much. I, I will say I used some sources uh, like Rob Liefeld's website. Uh, hey, that's and his good own, probably and his own bio. I figured that'd be to. the most accurate, as opposed to Wikipedia, Run who by said some the cool. family what Liefeld. Oh yeah, Wikipedia yeah. man. Those guys. What's wrong with Wikipedia? They're so they're so difficult. They're different. They're so, they're so I use difficult. Wikipedia for everything. Well, they they yeah. don't give me proper oh, credit, and, and, and we'll <laughs> ask them, and then we'll show them like actual credits from Marvel Comics, and they're like, yeah, we're not buying it. And I'm like, okay, so I just don't care. What, really? I thought it was like that, open that, source. Absolutely. Like oh, anybody no, no, no. can they, put they, information they on Wikipedia. absolute moderators. I had an army of my most ad, uh, ardent fans uh, contact them and get them to change stuff that was just categorically wrong, and dude, that, that guy will... Um, I'll tell you a spooky story, and then we'll leave this alone. Wait, uh, this is I'm, I'm in Starbucks. I'm in Wikipedia. I'm in Starbucks, and I actually changed one of the things because to, to accurate, you know, to an accurate statement, and I got an instant message that said, "Hey, are you in Starbucks right now? <laughs> no, uh, pr- uh, trans- transferring from this." Uh, source code and I'm like Whoa. oh crap big brother is alive Wikipedia's got the camera on me man <laughs> like so I just I'm like I'm out of here um, I'm not messing with them again so wait a minute they, they knew what source you were oh dude they're drawing they're like information from at, and that like you were this, on the this Wikipedia is a Starbucks Wi-Fi code are you, and they even said are you sitting in your Belinda at a Starbucks Holy shit. changing information and I'm like oh yeah uh, but it's true 
But yeah, so that was fun. The, you know, the online world is awesome. It, it includes them and, and you guys. So we're good. You know what? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, it's a we, wide before, range. Of, it's a spectrum. It's a whole spectrum <laughs> it, it, of people here. Speaking of online, just because, uh, and this will tangent a little bit, but then we'll get into all of the, the goodies. That's what we do. But speaking of online, yeah. speaking of comic books. <clears> yes. What is, what do you think is going to happen to printed comic books in the next five ten years? Zachary, What's... I'm going to tell you right now, brother. Uh, to, in the, in the year 2000, I came home from San Diego, which in my memory was the most uh, depressing San Diego of San Diego Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con before it became the Comic Con yeah, moniker. Yeah. It was still San Diego Comic Con, and everybody who uh, set up and displayed there. Now I I have been going to Comic Con as a fan since 1981. My dad, I brought him a full page ad from a thing called the Comics Buyer's Guide, and it listed more guests than I'd ever seen. And my dad was a cool dude and said, "We'll take the train. We'll make a father son weekend." So he took me uh, to my first San Diego Comic Con at the original. Uh, it's still there. The original. Um, San Diego Convention Center before it became the giant one on the bay. And I just could not believe all these wonderful, you know, comic book talents that I met. But so I've, I've been going to cons and cons like that since since 81. And so I, I saw it grow and expand and become this, you know, monolith that it is now. But in 2000, comics were in a tricky place. And the, the number one selling comic book in 2000, it was the first time it had dipped below 100,000 units. Wow. So 10 years prior, we were selling millions, and then we were selling uh, 90,000 was the top comic. And I'm like, oh, I came home with my, my wife. She goes, how'd it go? I'm like, we're done. Uh, I'm gonna take some time <laughs> off. I think comics are going in the crapper, and uh, we're just, I'm gonna take a seat and watch. And, and look, I had burned, I had gone 10 hard years yeah. uh, in comics from at least from, for at that point, 1990 to 2000. And I literally took, Three years off to those were my formidable comic okay, years. And, it and was you, you and Jim Lee. Were it was like, the best time, and, and you guys it, yes. on the image and all that. It was yes, all amazing. thank you, thank yeah. you. We had a great time. We had, we created spectacular work and, yeah. and fun with fans. You did because we were fans. Yeah, and 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 uh, I thought the comics were going to go away, and you know what? It was uh, a testament to to Marvel. I think Marvel regrouped and uh, kind of weaned their line and changed their approach, and DC somewhat as well. And by mid-2000s, we were back cooking again. I think, look, there was a lot of bad product. And what happened is um, bad product from, from a, there was also about 15 publishers at the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think it had to, it, it, that, that growth that experienced, that bubble, it burst. And like with everything, whether it's the financial market, whether it's, uh, remember in the early 2000s, the, uh, all, the, all the tech the stocks. Dot com the dot-coms stuff. The dot-coms. Yeah, the totally. dot-coms. And so, so comics corrected, and now I'm actually so bullish uh, I thought when Comixology launched, it was a great addition, and I agree with everyone. I did not think Comixology would ever replace or digital comics, um, handheld comics, but I, I really did think it would drive people's interest towards handheld and, and do a balance of both because I like having both. Yeah. I don't. I don't have the same of everything. Some I like to. I like that digital comics you can access this immediately, but uh, we love holding stuff. And and you know what? I mean, look at Borders. I, my, my my kids remember. Us taking them to Borders. Uh, Borders was a chain of bookstores. Uh, I, I guess it was yeah. nationwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but in yeah. Southern California, there were too many of them. There were like more, as many Borders as there were Starbucks, and and you could tell like no one's. And there was reading. a Starbucks in every Borders. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So so bottom line, what, what, I, my kids remember we used to go there all the time, and I'm like, no, they all went out of business. There's there's some great Barnes and Noble chains that we go to, and even there, Barnes and Noble's graphic novel section over the holidays. I mean, it is expanded. That's cool. And, oh, wow. Okay. And, 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 and they have way more product, better product. And it, it's important to be there and 
and interact with, with, I've seen people, I've been sitting to the side of the borders when they are led to a section. I, just, I overhear the, the clerk saying, this is all we have left. We've, we've sold out of most of them. We ourselves, you know, the, 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 the employees can't buy them. And I know she's about to say the words, the walking dead. And then she goes, but this <laughs> is what we have left of the walking dead. And I'm telling you, you know, that's been a huge, stuff like that, people being driven by entertainment. I, th- I think what we're seeing, Zachary, is the, uh, the best blend we've ever had of TV shows and uh, movies driving people towards back the source to material. The, back yes. to the comic books themselves. Yes. So but, that, that but, was long-winded. I apologize. No, 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 no. no. That, this is, look, we're getting, you're a source. Okay. You're okay. a real source for this. Okay. We can all sit here and wax about it, but we don't know. You're, you're in the driver's and, seat and, with and this look, stuff. And look, like Ron Burgundy. But how much longer are we, oh, no, I'm sorry, like Ron Burgundy. Well, what? I was going to say, like Ron Burgundy, <laughs> I was way wrong about, about that <laughs> comics not, you know, I, I sat out 2000 to 2003 because I thought it was going to end. So I was way wrong, and that's a good thing. That's so a good thing. I was right, way wrong about but that. But do you think e-comics will actually replace ink and paint comics? I, I, At I, some no, point. You know what? You know what? I, I, I believe their best shot has it, it, for the next decade has already occurred. And, and I'll tell you why. I, I think what happened is it, people missed paper. And holding them, and now it's cool to have. It wasn't cool, but well, it's yeah, like retro books are yeah, retro. There, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a whole hipster <laughs> yes, influenced yes, movement yes. where everybody wants kinda, analog everything. I started liking it too. You know, when uh, it, uh, CDs started getting phased out, I was like, no, I really like the inset. I want to hold on to it. But then, you know, CDs have gone totally the way of the dodo. But then we, you know, resurgence vinyl. of vinyl. Vinyl is super hip again. It never went away for some people like me, but it's back. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, people <laughs> okay. do need something tangible to yeah, hold. That's you know? exactly. Okay. That is, you just hit it on the nail. My daughter is 12 years old for Christmas. Her, she, she's born middle of January. So she gets one of those terrible Christmas January birthday situations where it's, it's, it's not uh, uh, enough of a window uh, to, to really feel special. We try and, and do as best we can, but she wanted a record player. And we got her like 15 vinyls and we got her David Bowie and the police nice. and all that stuff. And she blasts her record player. And you can see all these stores now. As she should. Yeah, no, it, it's. That's it's, what you do with it's, records. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic what she's um, listening to. And my wife and I just chuckle because it's our teenage years. It's like, yeah. you know, all this music. She's, she's listening to all this British stuff yeah. from the 80s and all the. Well, Michael Jackson. Well, yeah, and, you, and you know what? I think Dude, even the, on, the, yeah. bigger, yes. the bigger that, gain that. from that is that she, the, the experience she's having is so much better than digital experience in my exactly. in my opinion. She's going to have memories and nostalgia for something physical, something that really meant something to her and something that obviously you guys are involved in as parents that kind of you could show it to her. I feel like that's important, you know. Not that we're here and, to talk about no, 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 but, vinyl, but, but, but and, and, and that look, thing, we, you know, the sharing of it. Like uh, we have these awesome record stores that everything's in different condition, and obviously you pay a little more for a nicer condition album. Sure. You know, we, 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 we had about five more bucks to spend, so we were with her, so we got a couple of 99 cent, you know, thank you. We got a couple of 99 cent, you know, maybe a little more scratch, but Some what, bargain what I'm comparing bins, yeah. it to is, also what's happening is this entire generation, Zachary, you talk about your generation, and that, in, that entire generation, comics were great to them. It, they, they immediately got crapped on. The 90s were immediately, by the new oh, people coming so in good. in, two, in <clears throat> 2000s, were like, those aren't cool comics, man. And, and suddenly it had like a, a weird sheen, but that's also been, been left behind. But the thing is, those books, and, and some of them, I mean, I, on my Instagram, hey, Liefeld, I wish I would have bought all those X-Force 2s for 50 cents because now they're $25. <laughs> and what I'm getting to is, and I'm not, I'm not spurning that, but 
there's a lot of comic stores now that have, have reopened, and a lot of them have vintage comics, more um, 70s, 60s, Bronze Age. And you know what? The collectability has always been. I would, I would be at the spinner rack at 7-Eleven. I wanted the nicest copy. If it was bent and twisted and ripped, I didn't buy yeah. it, but they, they were hanging. I, I went to a liquor store. It was dark. <laughs> it was seedy. It was in the back. I mean, I, I, all the alcohol. And then in the back, and my parents hated that I went there. But, man, I would just camp out there, and they had the be best selection. But, man, if that Fantastic Four copy was all trashed, I didn't buy it. So, I mean, I, I think like the, what's happening with vinyl and, 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 again, with comics, comics has always had a collectability. And that's coming out, and that's that's what you yeah. don't get. Yeah. What, what digital? Look, you know, digital digital does not give you that individual experience. Yes. Like you look, it, like like every record is going to be kind of pressed in a somewhat slightly unique way, and even you know, top of the line, everyone will still get it. But you, like you're saying, you go to a right. rack, and it's like, oh, that corner's a little tweaked. That's you know, there's a little imperfection. It's the digging. It's the process. It's, yeah, it's the it's, ritual of the digging sure. that I think and, is irreplaceable. And, and, and the the the. the 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 way in which you keep it and care for it too because that yeah. says a lot about who you are and then later yeah. on if you want to take take it out or resell it or whatever people go oh yeah. my god you really cared because you can e dig you can e dig till you know the cows come home yeah but, but you don't it's really not, it's not exactly about condition yeah. really yeah. it's about just finding it but then well but the other thing is you don't really care for it you never really own anything that's digitally. You don't really own it. It's like yeah, everybody it. owns it. You know what yeah, I mean? It's everybody. It's going to represent accessibility. Yeah. It's immediately accessible if you and that we want that. We mm -hmm. want fast. But again, I've it's not just Deadpool and X Force 2. It's I I've seen I have so many retailer buddies who grew who now own their own stores and I was I've been kicking the the tires on some stores in Orange County about investing in, but I'm telling you it's do you have the first appearance of Harley Quinn? Do you have the first appearance, you know, of of Suicide Squad? Do you have uh, you know, a uh, 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 first edition Dark Knight Strikes Again. These comics of the past are really becoming. Yeah. And it's not. Well, it's because like you of said, the they want to own them. They don't want to flip them. They want to own them. Yeah. And the and like you were saying, the movies are driving a huge passion in that regard. If the, if Suicide Squad was never made, would people exactly. be dying to get the first appearance of Suicide Squad? No. Probably not. But now they are because there's something that directly affects their now modern 100%. life. That they can be reflecting the comic. Uh, this actually is a good good uh, way to get into Rob Liefeld. First uh, favorite topic up for bids today for you. <clears throat> favorite comic book of yours growing up. What was the most influential okay. or most powerful? Or you know, and name a couple if you the, if you feel the, like the, it. But I, narrow it down to one. The, okay, there's two. <laughs> there, the, the one that really turned me on to Marvel Comics. I would go to uh, the barber shop with my dad on Saturdays, and up up until then, my parents. Uh, gave I, I was allowed to have Casper the Friendly Ghost, uh, Archie <laughs> Comics, Richie Rich, and those were okay. But my barber, his name's Fred, long long since gone. But Fred was the coolest. He had a giant stack of Marvel comics. Oh wow! And on the top one Saturday was I believe it's uh, Fantastic Four one forty seven. No, uh, I think it's 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 by uh, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler. Namor, Submariners bursting out of the ocean, flying at the thing who's ready to receive him in between both of them rushing into the scene is the human torch and that comic is one of my favorite comics it's on my spinner rack at home wow i have a spinner rack in my office it's the all those fantastic <laughs> fours are there that uh before wolverine my favorite fan favorite character was namor no and way he, and they had like the he doesn't get that much love he doesn't but he was awesome and and he was the rebel and he he was against the establishment and he hated humanity and it, it was that rage yeah that tapped in totally and, and, he, and he could and he could take the fantastic four single-handedly but my favorite the comic that really 
I can tell you, walking into the U Totem, there was a, a market called U Totem, and if you Google it, you'll see what they look like. U Totem. I know. I and, think I know and, that. And the, in, 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 in California, there was Stop and Go. You towed him 7-Eleven, and they were all kind of the same market. 7-Eleven totally emerged yeah. as the victor of those wars. Circle K? Yes. That uh, late, later. 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 Okay. Later. But in the 70s, I'm old. Um, the, uh, You're not. The, I, I walked in. I walked in. I turned the you towed him corner. They, they mm-hmm. had a uh, shelf that they displayed every Tuesday comics came in, and I was already a huge X-Men nut. But uh, Days of Future Past... Uh, X Men 141, old <clears throat> Logan with the gray streaks, oh, yeah. with protecting Kitty and the big sign that said all the X Men were dead or wanted. And I'm like, oh, and I am part of this giant nerd group on Facebook. It's kind of a secret society, but we've suddenly been letting tons of people in. I'm the guy who's like, can't we stay secret? <laughs> and, and, and now it's like thousands and thousands of new people, but we only discuss the Bronze Age comics. It's like our own little, we only discuss. You know, from the death of Gwen Stacy to 1986, that's our window. Wow. And if, if people try and discuss anything past 86, the moderators are like, you're gone. But um, <laughs> so, so, you know, we sit there and, and just Stringent. Geek, out, I like it. geek out to to Dave Cockrum and John Byrne and Chris Claremont and all that stuff. But the uh, you guys understand, uh, X-Men had only recently gone to be a monthly comic at the time. What people don't... Um, remember is that when X-Men came out, even with, with Byrne after he replaced Dave Cockrum, <clears throat> it was still a bi-monthly comic. And, and, and that's also... No kidding? Yeah, yeah. And then they said, monthly, now, monthly, because sales had, you know, kicked in. Also, people rem- forget that for three years, the X-Men was a reprint comic. From like 72 to 75, they just reprinted old, you know, three years of just throw another story in there to keep the copyright alive. And that's why Giant Size X-Men, number one, and I absolutely remember grabbing that, and it was a tattered copy at that liquor store, and going, who are these new X-Men? Because I, I thought the original X-Men, and anyone who tells you differently, they're lying. They were born. Back then, Beast, Iceman, Angel, Cyclops, and Marvel Girl were kind of not exciting. And that, and then they, you have Wolverine with yeah. six knives, yeah, yeah. and this Man of Steel, uh, Colossus, Colossus yeah. and you had Nightcrawler, creepy little teleporter. And suddenly they had made a whole new franchise, yeah. and then it lifted, you know, lifted all the ships. And and but X Men one forty one, and and the opening, you're like, hey, they just got out of the Warriors like I did because. It, the opening sequence looks like the cast of the 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 Warriors, oh, the Warriors. film yeah, with yeah. all the yeah. with all the leather vests. <laughs> yeah, the Every everybody <laughs> in the future, because I think the future is 2015 in <laughs> in 1980 when that ship. Yeah. And everyone in the future looks like they were in. Yeah. Well, it certainly was for Doc Brown too. Yeah, a gang so. of baseball yeah. playing yeah. mines. That's it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> and they, and they kind of they attack Wolverine and he takes them all on and you're like, hey, you're all. Uh, uh, I wish I, it's Walter. Walter, uh, who who directed the Warriors? But it, it was like, oh, so the the future is going to look like like what I'm looking at now. But again, and the idea that the the mutants were in you know uh, internment camps or whatever you call them, yeah. and, and, and it's just very exciting. And they they had to go back and and change. And obviously that that movie that came out, what was it, two years ago? I thought it was great too. I mean, yeah. I, when I first met Simon Kinberg, who directed uh, Deadpool, I met him about three years ago, and uh, we were actually at WonderCon, and I just. My buddy said, this is Simon Kinberg. And I said, Days of Future Past is my favorite story. And he goes, good, it's mine too. And you're going to love the movie. So it's just, it's, it's great. We'll get to Simon later, but he's also a, a guy who, who is a fan of comics. Oh, that's so good. So there's your answer. That's Fantastic so Four, X-Men. So, but as far as franchise is concerned, would you say your favorite franchise was Fantastic Four or X-Men? It was. Or difficult? Yeah, the, the, you know what? Are you going to let me have a tie? 
Uh, no, it's going to have you to be X Men. Sure. It started we with have the Fantastic Four, but X Men, I'd be lying, and and that's why because your your real roots are X Men. It's like uh-huh. New Mutants and X Force uh-huh. and all, all that world. One hundred percent. Yep. Is massive. Yes. All right. I think we got to take a little break. Yeah. So yeah, take, let's take, take a little break. break. Now. We'll take a yeah. little break. We'll come back uh, with more uh, from Rob Liefeld. And uh, definitely stay tuned because we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Deadpool and the movie that's dropping right now. Stay tuned. Picking favorites. And we're back with more picking favorites and more uh, Rob Liefeld. Rob, thank you so much hey, for, uh, for spending some you time bet. with us today. Rob and I are uh, in mm. New York in uh, what seems to be a little bit of a flurry of a blizzard. But we're going we're gonna to be okay. We're going to be okay. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make. We're gonna, we're gonna make survivors. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about uh, some of your favorite uh, comic books, specifically single issues, but also yes. franchises. Um, let's 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 follow that up. Favorite uh, comic book artists or uh, and or uh, writers. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm assuming they were kind of in that. No, same they were. World. And, and, and Zachary, you got to understand, man. It, the greatest thing was uh, going back to that San Diego Comic Con 1981, being able to meet all of them. And uh, look. Uh, Frank Miller is is numero uno, and 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 I, I understand that Frank Miller. It's sad that um and and look, I understand a polarizing figure. Me is about to comment on a guy who's become a polarizing figure, Frank. But it's hard to watch because uh, Frank is the best of his generation. He is in rarefied air. You have to have been a ten year old kid reading Daredevil at the time. And Daredevil wasn't that exciting. And is that where really, Frank started? Was on Daredevil? Yes. Uh, he transformed his it, it's his best run. Uh, honestly it, it it's it's the best thing he ever did. And he drew out the first five issues and then they gave him the reins and he was writing and drawing it. And his first issue writing and drawing, he introduces Electra. He takes you back to, no to Matt way. Murdoch's college and and you see him fall in love with Electra and, and her bodyguards and she's this rich Greek girl attending the same college and he's in love and and then they flash to the present and Daredevil's about to be killed and she kills everyone around him because he's overwhelmed and then you realize this is Electra Nachos and she's this badass assassin. What happened in between? What they, they, they were these star-crossed lovers and then they were torn apart with so little Romeo and Juliet and now she's back as this ninja and he's Daredevil and they're in conflict but but what Frank Miller did is he took Daredevil which is people would go oh it's kind of a Spider-Man a second rate Spider-Man book he was ba- he was battling like goofy supervillains mm-hmm. and uh, Frank made it this grindhouse Hong Kong action cinema he introduced the Yakuza he introduced like um, these you know ninjas that wouldn't die this one that that you know Daredevil impales the sword drops him dead in the alley the next issue you see he just gets up pulls the sword up and keeps walking, and you're like, it's it's like a Michael Myers from Halloween. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, Frank's vision of, of Black Widow, of of, uh, of Electra, of Bullseye, um, he brought. I th- he did about a three year run in his first time, and then when he did Dark Knight, he was writing and drawing that. He actually came back and wrote Daredevil again with David Mazzuchelli, who is groundbreaking. I mean, I cannot recommend these enough. But that is what made Frank Miller, Frank Miller, and 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 and, and you go. He transformed Daredevil, another movie, uh, another book that was bi-monthly, not a monthly book at the time. And then because of Frank, they ramped it up again, and it was selling much better. And again, there's a, there's a great, I'll get the site and I'll send it to you guys, but you can track like how sales were in the 70s. Oh and no 80s way, yeah, definitely and, and send sales that. Because we, we we put and, all this stuff uh, after every podcast and, and, online. And and, and, I'll, and I'll give you another. We're gonna crash this guy's site. It's the it's the <laughs> best secret site ever. But I'm gonna out it, and people. Uh, 
we're never going to get on it again because he doesn't have a bandwidth. Was this was this the the difficult time in the Marvel world where Stan was having to sell off a lot of the IPs? Yes, when like, that time. sales were really low, and it was like I and that's when he was selling off the TV rights and the film rights and everything. Stan moved to California to create the the TV library to keep them going. Right, and 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 it's and it's uh, this was all in the echo also of of Star Wars keeping the lights on people. Uh, and that's actually been very well documented now in the last year with the rebirth of Star Wars. If you get the Star Wars omnibus, Roy Thomas writes a three-page foreword that is just the best thing you're ever going to read about how they didn't want to do Star Wars. And uh, Stan wasn't wowed by it. They went to Roy Thomas, who was the editor-in-chief, and said, you've got to convince Stan to, to, to sign off on this. And uh, he went all in, and as a result, Stan basically said, I'll, I'll trust you on this, even though I don't see this working. And Star Wars started selling over a million copies a month and started financing the and whole that's company. W- yes. Star Wars yes. is what kept yes. Marvel yes. alive? 100%. 100%. That's, what? That, that I didn't is, know that. That is in some of the... And the now they're all materials. and now they're all owned by the same. That's company. it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> That's Isn't that, the the uh, Jim Shooter also did a blog. He was the editor in chief of Marvel for uh, the entire '80s, and and really was the guy that let Frank Miller become Frank Miller and John Byrne and Walt Simonson on Thor and transform these books. And and again, this is the stuff that spoke to me. Yeah, I, I wasn't a big Thor guy. I bought it out of habit because I liked. Thor, but then Walt Simonson came on and he just said, okay, we're not going to do like mythical Viking tales. We're going to do all this kick-ass stuff. And as you know, because you're in the Walt Simonson Thor movie, which has, uh, uh, what was Mal- Malekith? Malekith oh, yeah. is the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that, well, and, and you as, as Fandral, uh, running through that, that is a Walt Simonson adventure. That is not that only exists because Walt introduced that character, that conflict, that idea, those, those, that, that's completely like in, in two mov- movies, they went, all right, we did the Stanley Jack Kirby stuff and let's move on to the eighties. Wow. Let's do Walt. And, uh, and, and, and that was influenced by him. And that's when Thor became again, huge selling book. Wow. And, 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 and as a kid, I would, I would, you know, that's when I was like, these artists, uh, and Walt had been an artist up until then. And they said, oh, you can write and draw. He hadn't written and drawn like a big, on, on the big stage. And so Thor was transformed. Frank Miller, new kid, 22 years old, writing and drawing Daredevil, transforming it. John Byrne, uh, X-Men, Fantastic Four. Uh, those are the guys that were my idols. Wow. And I, I could tell, it, I would follow them anywhere. When, when Frank left and went to DC and did some experimental work on this book called Ronin, and then of course Dark Knight, which yeah. you go, yeah. um, this is, I wasn't even a Batman fan. Yeah. I, Batman has never been a guy that, dry, I think he's cool, but I wasn't obsessed with him, not like I was with Wolverine and the X-Men. And then you go, oh my gosh, Frank Miller has made Batman, this is the best story ever. Yeah. And, and, and so the guy, the guy, and then again, Sin City. Hey kids, I also have Sin City. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to go do a historical tome and call it 300. I mean, he has the best resume in comics. Yeah, it's crazy. He, it's and, it's and all over the place. He is, uh, so, so he's, he's very inspirational. He would be number one. And the guys I mentioned, John Byrne, Walt Simonson, George Perez, those were, I guess, my top four or five as a kid. And boys, hey, Rob, uh, sorry, can I, can I'm, I interject I'm, I'm one question? I'm literally getting lost in, in, in Rob's eyes. No. Uh, we, <laughs> this would not be a picking favorites unless we go around. What are some of your picking, uh, what, what are some of your favorite comics uh, and or uh, authors slash um, artists. Can I ask one question really quick yes, to Rob? Yes, sir. Um, forgive my ignorance here, my naivete, if you will. Yeah, no, that's okay. Do you do you draw and write as well, or you do you? Oh no, that's that. Uh, New Mutants was my debut writing and drawing. Um, that was why uh, I was so hungry. And and again, I, I was trying to find the, follow the playbook 
Thor was at kind of a weak time. It had fallen down the charts. Daredevil was definitely a dog. X-Men was a dog. And what, makes, <laughs> and what makes your name is these guys made these, you know, classic historical runs. And, you know, right when I got to Marvel, they offered me X-Men work. And I had a couple, but long story short, I knew I wasn't as good as those guys. Uh, the guys who are, you're following them, I was not in a position to succeed and do better versions of Wolverine Storm at the time. And uh, they said, Rob, we got new mutants over here. You can do whatever you want with it. It's a fixer-upper. We're about to turn the lights off. <laughs> we're about to, literally, Rob, we're about to turn the lights off on this book because the sales are so behind the other X-Men books. All the other X-Men books at the time, I know now there's like a dozen, but there was only three. Uh, along With new mutants, there was four, but there was Wolverine, X-Men, and X-Factor. Those were all selling half a million, half a million copies. And they would... They offered me X-Factor. And who am I going to follow? Walt Simonson, who is just leaving. So my idol from Thor and X-Factor, I'm not following that. That's a bad idea. That's not good for your career. Um, and, and I mean, it's like, you know, do, do you really want to be the guy that replaces Robert Downey Jr. when he stops playing Iron Man? Yeah. No. Yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. I would like yes, to play Robert Downey Jr. Well, that, that, you know what? More power to you. I support you. That, that, that's, that's big brass balls. Um, you know, the thing big. is, the, the thing is, uh, I was um, a shrinking violet. I didn't want to take that on and, and my editor even said Rob what are you doing this is good money royalties drove the, the business sure, sure. and uh, Mark Silvestri who was drawing the X-Men at the time he was known <laughs> as the sexiest guy in comics because he had a house in Malibu and he threw these <laughs> killer post comic con parties and when I mean a house in Malibu I mean like if the tide came in a little higher it was in his living room he was right. I'm like we are like just feet from the ocean but it was a kick-ass pad and he was mr x-men royalties and new mutants was selling a hundred thousand units and they a said a month a month a month which you know today is a more significant number but 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 also today you have 600 comics in the market every month that was back when you had maybe 100 between marvel and dc and uh, other publishers and and so i took new mutants and because the sales went up uh, in the first like six, seven months with, with my run. And you got to remember, I am a hyperactive, also desperate 22 year old kid who's, uh, my parents were broke. My dad had had, uh, uh, six, seven brain surgeries since I was Ooh. nine. Oh my he was in a coma my entire, uh, uh, when I was 10, his first brain surgery, they got a blood clot. My dad is a, uh, is in a coma, and I always would sit there and listen to the doc doctors tell my mom, he's not going to wake up, he's going to be, they don't use this term anymore, he's going to be a vegetable. He's going yeah. to be a vegetable. Your husband is going to be a vegetable. You should unplug him. And more power to my mom. She kept the faith. Uh, my dad woke up, but you, I was extremely independent. Wow. It, it I want to hear that story, man. Yeah, that's yeah, my, mom, my mom was, I love her to death. She was a great mom to me, but she was crying almost the entire year, and I would just lose myself in comics, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta draw, I gotta draw comics, I gotta learn, I gotta get better. And uh, so when I got my first job in comics, and it was Hawk and Dove, and it did well, and the X-Men office rang, and then they offered me New Mutants, I said, I can fix this up. I, can, I have to succeed, uh, because, you know, I, I, gotta, I gotta support my family. And, and New Mutants, I introduced a character named Cable, and he caught lightning in a battle. Uh, <laughs> lightning in a battle. <laughs> he can do that too. Yes, he can also he do lightning do in too. a battle. Lightning in a bottle and, and, and opened the doors. And so Marvel then came to me and said, Rob, we're going to give you the whole reins, all the reins. And I thought, wow, now I can be like Frank Miller and uh, I can be like Walt Simonson. Uh, unlike them, who they scripted their own work, uh, I was uh, – and okay, 
Frank didn't ink his own work. He had an inker. And again, these are all steps in the process of publishing a comic. And having sure. a, an inker like he did with Klaus Janssen, who they blended perfectly. And there have been about 10, like, perfect art teams in comics. But, you know, generally, you know, if that penciler gets that inker and they're that quality of a team, that's like a once-in-a-lifetime pairing. There's not 10 of those guys out there. So uh, I... Ha- got the most out of my artwork by inking it myself, which is another laborious part of the uh, deadline process. So I was penciling, inking, and writing the stories, but I said I don't have time and it would not behoove our deadlines uh, if I scripted this. I had just written, as a matter of fact, a three-part Wolverine story, and the hardest part was scripting. You go, oh, you think the hardest part is writing, but then you stare at those pages and you know these words have to you know, move every page and move every panel. Now, what exactly is the difference between writing and scripting? Well, uh, and again, they would bre- break it up in... in scripting in would be month. dialogue, right? Like turning dialogue it into dialogue as opposed to snap. breaking like, the story? You know what? Um, so you're, I, still write, you're writing out the story I of what happens, but you don't actually... Everything that happened in that book for two and a half years, every single character and, and uh, uh, every single character consequence, motivation, right. and, and all that stuff, I was um, the guiding. guiding force behind that. Right. Fabian Nicieza, uh, he was one of the young guys coming up, and we had talked about doing some other work, and he uh, had a great, he had a great ear for dialogue. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I've, 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 I've got a screenwriter buddy, I won't, I won't say who he is, He's, he has an enormous amount of original artwork but i have been at his house when the hollywood agent calls and like they're going to give you two million dollars for three days rewrite you want it can you polish it and you know look those guys uh, have a flair and 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 one of the reasons when we get to it deadpool is such a great movie is because of Rhett and Paul. Those guys are are top of the line writers they're so great they're they're brilliant they're they're awesome and, uh, and, and so with Fabian, I got somebody who I knew would have my back and carry the load with me. So I would, look, like when Deadpool was introduced in the first issue, I said, here's who he is. Here's his agenda. Here's why he's coming into this page and attacking Cable and attacking the kids. Here's where we want to be. So I would sit in Orange County, and I would write and draw all the pages. And I'd clear it with my editors. I would right. clear it like six months with the storylines. And again, then Fabian would put the dialogue. Because it, it would not have been as good. Had I done it, yeah. Um, you and were so I, 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 the I, the inking and the, and the, and on the, the storytelling, yeah. and he was the polish. Yeah. And we created a product that really resonated. Yeah. Uh, and, and blew up. I did with and, me. Yeah. And and Zachary, it, and and I remember going to different comic stores. It's when I first started doing like promotional because I got a lot of requests, and so I would go to stores in L.A. and Orange County. And you can, nothing's more exciting than when you know the fans are on board with you. Yeah. Because you go, hey, there was 50 people at this store last month, and now I'm going to this other store, and there's 200 people. And I remember when New Mutants 100, which was the wrap-up of New Mutants but the launch of X-Force, yeah. I pulled up in the parking lot. I couldn't get a spot, and it was in a big major mini mall. And, and, and you know, excuse me, hi, excuse me, excuse me, can I get in, can I get in, excuse me. And I walked in, I'm like, the store is packed. And this guy threw me the best signing. He had blown up every cover I did in New Mutants, like like giant 14 by 20. He'd hung them from the wall. I mean, it was like a local store event. And I was like, wow, I'm going to be here for three to four hours. And and the best part is is uh, interacting with those fans. And, and they'll tell you what they like, what they don't like. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the great thing about Deadpool is, and Cable, they loved them. Yeah. And they told us they loved them. And they said, we want more of them. And when I tell people... That's job security. When you're 23 years old and 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 you're you're, you know, financing your family, your family and and, and paying paying for the rent, you're like, 
I get to keep doing this. Yeah. Totally. You know, you know, so, and when my editor says, Liefeld, they love Deadpool. We need us some more Deadpool. Move <laughs> that storyline up. You go, not a problem. Because again, the, the, the sales were fueling it. And now we were selling as much as the X-Men. Yeah, yeah. And I knew Jim Lee was coming on X-Men. Yeah. And Todd McFarlane was on Spider-Man. Yeah. And they had the two best toys in the business. Oh, that's right. And Todd went over with you guys oh, the yeah. image as well. Yeah. What, so, did, did Todd do uh, Savage Dragon? No, that's no, Eric no. Larson. Let's not leave him out oh, of the picture. Yeah. Eric Larson, also great friend, great competitor. <clears throat> you guys, we, Eric and I, for one year, Amazing Spider-Man and New Mutants would come out the same week. Every Back then, it was every uh, every Friday the comics came out. And Eric and I would be on the phone that night, because he's in San Francisco, I'm in Orange County, so West Coast time, and we'd compare. I beat you on this page. My page two is better than your page two, as far as... <laughs> my, my page three, all right, you got that. You got me. Oh, man, that double-page spread, you kicked my ass on that. Okay, but uh, honestly... And it keeps driving you. And it yeah, just keeps driving you. Yeah, you gotta, that's great. You know, it's, and, and, and that's why... Um, I am obviously not a world-class NBA athlete, but I understand when Durant is going up against Steph Curry and how hard it is also for Kobe to leave it all behind because oh, yeah. he was one of the best. Yeah. And LeBron, who is now feeling it, like, I may not be the best player in basketball anymore. And you you know, and part of the reason why we, why Jim Lee and Eric Larson and Tom McFarlane and myself, part of the reason we caught fire, we, right time, right place, the group that I mentioned, all those guys that we replaced, they were getting longer in the tooth. Yeah. And you know what it is? It's They had put a lot of miles on. Yeah. And they weren't any less talented, but some of them, you could tell, were a little burned out. Well, but also artistic vision evolves and evolves yes. and evolves and evolves with generations. So you can still, it's like, you know, there's a lot of stand-up comics that in their day were hysterical. Yes. But younger audiences, you know, the envelope keeps getting pushed more and more and more. And so tastes start adapting in a way that it's like, I, even though that's great art once upon yeah. a time, it's not that art that's still appealing to anybody anymore. I, well, hold on. I, we got to get back to, cause we got, what are guys in LA? <laughs> what are some of your favorite? Oh, wait, I want to hear, I want to hear favorite comics. I got, and I got or, an answer. I got an answer in the chamber right here that you guys are going to love. And, and, or, uh, uh, um, um, artists, uh, and, and writers go. Okay, I'm ready for you guys to t completely tear my head off or laugh your faces off at me. No, there are no not, wrong answers. Not, not really a, a huge comic book fan growing up. Um, and I have a couple, like, standardized answers I could throw at you guys, but it would be disingenuous. And I feel like I'd be doing you all a disservice by lying to your faces. Don't do that. Or to your eardrums, anyway. So, for me, uh, growing up, Mad Magazine was, like, my biggest influence as a, as a child. I uh, love the uh, the comedy of it all. So inevitably, one of my favorite uh, cartoon or uh, comic book characters became Captain Klutz, who was, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He was this uh, klutzy sort of meta sure. superhero who just basically could do no wrong, but also could do no right. So I love that. Captain Klutz was kind of my, that was my favorite uh, comic book superhero, if you will. And that was in, that was a character that, like, that constantly kept appearing in Mad Magazine? Not constantly. It was, uh, it, it was... Intermittently, I'd say, and then and then uh, uh, I think uh, Dan Martin, the 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 uh, author, started coming out with his own uh, books, which were infrequent as well. But I, I started collecting the actual books outside, no independent of Mad Magazine. Yeah, the only thing I ever did with a Mad Magazine, every time I find one, was just turn to the back cover and try and put the little the yeah. little puzzle together. I, I get that. I get that temptation. I did that a few times myself. But uh, <laughs> no, Mad, Mad Magazine was a. Uh, it was so much more, Zach. You really miss, sure. you missed an no, opportunity hey, hey, there, man. I, if I can just jump in and just real quick on that, that I had a period of about two years where I was obsessed with not only Mad, but all the, there was a bunch of Mad knockoffs. There was Mad cracked, cracked oh, magazine. Yeah, yeah. I was into all then, of it. And then there was Crazy, which was Marvel trying to do Mad. They had a ma magazine called Crazy, but they were all these great parody 
um, and, and humor comics. So I'm with you, man. The, the, especially at a certain age, that stuff becomes the most important. Oh uh, yeah, man. Spy versus spy, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, Captain yeah, Klutz, yeah. all that stuff was very, was hugely influential on me. And it was like, it was up my alley. I couldn't quite relate to all the other uh, superhero characters and, you know, the Batmans and Supermans, but I always felt like a bit of an outsider and a weirdo and a bit of a klutz myself. And this guy just kind of resonated with me. It's the same way anybody else resonated, any of these, com- like Deadpool, for instance, you know, resonates with other people. This meant that the same to me. For sure. You know what I mean? Uh, Mr. Uh, Razzle Dazzle. Um, I'm for, for favorite comics, the ones, I mean, I, I read a lot as a kid and a lot of it, um, escapes me because I just, I consumed so much of it. Um, but I d- was a huge fan of Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man's. Oh. Um, I distinctively remember when Robin, fi- when the new Robin finally got his own comic <clears throat> book and they issued the new costume with the new fancy, yes. like pointed R and the circular R and, and all that, um, uh, that miniseries was really great, and uh, I guess to throw it back to Image Two, I was um, I remember the the first I a remember buying the uh, the the first um, uh, Spawn, but I also remember distinctively the uh, the Who is Shadowhawk miniseries that that with the sure. like the, the silver plate the the what, yeah those like guys the, were gr- the silver lake co- uh, covers and all that um, those were really great as well. And see, and, and when we see the stuff about that, the reason I smile is, see those guys, I'm at their houses while they're drawing Spawn and they're drawing Shadowhawk. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, you have a perspective of receiving it um, from, the, from the, the, the comic book store. And I would be in, you know, Washington when Todd was <clears throat> drawing Spawn pages and showing me the colored pages that was, were coming in. Or, or, and Jim Valentino, who did Shadowhawk, we actually shared a studio for two years and, and just uh, watching him create that content and it was exciting because we knew like we we knew that we had the attention of uh the comic book fan at the time and we were trying very hard to to please that that fan i mean we 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 knew that what was happening was incredible and so it's funny to hear you talk about that because i I just realized i have a different perspective because i was watching you know the sausage get made and 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 then you got it when it got to the store and it blew you away. You know, <laughs> just lips yeah. and assholes, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all I it knew, is. You know, I knew the minute I said sausage. <laughs> Self edit, life out. <laughs> Dave yeah. Kentucky Coleman. That's a hot dog. Yeah, it's funny because finally seasoned meat. <laughs> okay, take it easy, Labine. Yeah, there's Rob, a big difference. Uh, Rob, it's funny. You and I are. Uh, I'm a little bit more in the generate your generation. I'm a sure. little older than these guys and. The comic, I grew up in a very, it's funny, we kind of have similar backgrounds. My dad was a Baptist minister growing up in Kentucky. Mm. And the one comic that I remember from the 80s, because I wasn't a big comic book fan, but the one comic book I remember if I could ever get it or ever find it was Heavy Metal. Oh. And it was because pretty dope. it was so like anti what I was, you know, like you can't be thinking oh, about sure. this stuff. You can't be looking at this stuff. And you see a Heavy Metal magazine. Very pornographic. You're too. like, holy it's shit, like, this yeah. is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. And but yeah, boobs. That's Lots all it boobs. is. Just boobs. Just <laughs> boobs everywhere. Boobs and swords. Thank you, heavy yeah. metal. Yeah. yeah, thanks. Yeah, two things I love. And when you're 13, that's, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, yep. fighting and A repressed 13-year-old yeah. as well. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. and I mean, but that's, and it was all, it was like, if I could get it, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I could have it at my house. So I had to like find a heavy metal and go look through it and like, oh, oh man, no, that's I super those, cool. Hey, dude, I bought them and I hit them too. I hit them for my mom. Like I said, I had a Baptist minister, father, very conservative <laughs> mother. I, I would um, hide all that stuff. Um, because you know, I, it, it was it was naughty. It was naughty material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's graphic. Still pre- I mean, yeah, it's, it's still pretty graphic. graphic yeah. Yeah. But oh, yeah. um, I I wanted to touch on one thing too, just quickly, because sure. you guys are talking about your favorite artists and everything. Um, I wanted to be a cartoonist growing up. That was kind of my thing. Yeah. I, I wanted to to uh, animate short films actually for Spike and Mike's. So that was kind of my big oh, cool. uh, my big goal. We went to, we went to those um, all the time. 
Yeah, they were great. They were, I, I used to, that was like our thing. That we, you know, we just get super high and go watch Spike and Mike's and it was great. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, you were just talking about Dark Knight, your, your yeah. friend. Who was your friend who, who, or not your friend. Frank, but Frank, real, Miller, Frank Miller is who uh, oh, appear. Yeah, is he the one who sort of transformed Dark Knight into what it was? Like he, really he dark, is, gritty. Bat, Batman was never the same once he touched it. it, it yeah. Everything has been influenced by Dark Knight since he, he, he produced it. I used to, I didn't even read the books. I would go buy those comics just so I could look at the art and I would like trace the covers. Oh, yeah. This is me at like 11 12, you know, and then from those tracings, I would like take them and try and develop my own uh, characters. And, and, but yeah, the artwork in those books really, that's another thing that really stuck with me, even though it, the, the whole comic book genre sort of el- eluded me, the artwork in, in those books uh, really changed my, my whole outlook on, on, uh, on art. Yeah, no, he is a transformative, I, I, everyone you, we've, Todd McFarlane would, would list Frank Miller. Jim Lee would list Frank Miller. Eric Larson would list Frank Miller. Rob Liefeld would list Frank Miller. There's no one in my generation that doesn't put him on the on the top. Did you just talk about yourself in the third person? I sure that did. did. That did happen. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, gentlemen, uh, uh, we need to talk. Let's get one more favor really quick. Uh, we heard I, we heard from Rob <clears throat> that, that as far as like favorite comic book movie, yeah. Days of Future Past. You really loved that movie. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, any, any other film that just pops to mind? Well, favorite comic based film? You know, influence film? Superman 1978. Yes, I'm aging myself. Is uh, another fantastic. Awesome it's it's it stands up. Yeah. It's it's got it's just Richard Donner made a masterpiece. It's great. And, and the great thing is, when I went and saw it, that wasn't uh, the Lex Luthor I knew from the comics. Uh, Krypton had never looked like that before. Because a lot of the times, especially now, I, I find and and I'm a huge. Uh, uh, social media guy, I love it. I love the access it gives you to, to everyone and, and, and talking directly to people. But th- there is this segment lately that uh, the, the films can't do it as good as the comics. And, and I would say that's not always true. I, 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 I believe, again, Superman, uh, the way Krypton looked and, and Marlon Brando. And, you know, prior to that, Krypt- Krypton and, and, and Superman's parents looked like they were out of a Flash Gordon serial, and 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 they, they had headbands with like l- like lights on them, and um, and then you had them. They're in these <clears throat> robes, and and everything's crystalline, and and Krypton's this you know very specific uh, design, and then and and then he he flies off in this kind of chandelier and lands on Earth, and and again Gene Hackman portrays a Lex Luthor that up until that time did not exist in comics, but I I loved all of it, and I thought. This is, I mean, that's why Christopher Reeve has stayed with us so much and, and haunted everyone since. He, 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 I mean, it's 1978 yeah, and everyone still refers. And I love, I think Henry Cavill is fantastic as the Man of Steel. I love him. Um, and, I, and I have gotten in so many fights for my love of Man of Steel because, again, those fans, oh, they get, they get angry. But, uh, but the, the, the thing is, uh, Superman and then I would say Iron Man 2008 uh, was when you go, holy crap, this movie doesn't have a misstep anywhere. It's perfect. It's lean. It, it clocks in. It's not bloated. Great, smart writing, great performance, and and really heralded what I think is the the age we've been in the new comic book movie. Mm-hmm. That's it and, for me and, too, and man. If Marlon Brando got his way. He, uh, um, he really. I think he was supposed to be just a bagel, right? Wasn't he supposed to be a bagel? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that like a famous yeah, story? It's yeah, a famous a bagel. Uh, yeah. that the voice came out of. Yeah. Um, uh, let's let's start with you, Tuck. Um, favorite comic book inspired movie? Go. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I'm hoping it's Deadpool. Frankly, <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm hoping that it's Deadpool. Yeah, I, I just hope that. It, I mean, I think I really love the Avengers. I think that that movie. That movie you've read, I mean, Iron Man was fantastic. I thought the first Avengers was a great combination of all, great like movie. all the characters. Yeah. Um, 
and how they all work together. And the, you know, I love that Josh brought a lot of comedy and a lot of humor to that world when, um, and he, and he made it like a film. Like it's a, it's a movie. It's not like, Hey, let's make a comic book movie. It's like a movie and it, it stands up to like other yeah. stuff. You know what I mean? That's what I, but that's what I like the most. Labizzi. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I pride myself on coming up with out, outside of the box answers and trying to, you know, <laughs> defy the norm. But uh, I, I would have to say Iron Man, the first one, not to bite Rob's answer, but nope. that Still Iron Man movie for me was like, uh, again, the sort of idea that it, 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 it put out there that you can make a superhero movie that, like you said, was flawless almost in every sort of way, shape, and form as far as filmmaking goes. But as far as like making, sort of reinventing what I think people needed at that time to see that comic book movies could be, which was like funny and exciting and and adventurous and charming and slick. And like, you know, it didn't need to be these like almost like B movie sort of um, afterthoughts that could be front and center and be like, like one of the fucking best movies you've ever seen. And it was much to do with the, the fact that it was very humorous. Didn't take itself so seriously. And I think that was a big change. That was a big sort of uh, paradigm shift for the comic book movie. And it was really successful. And I, and I love it for that. So that's my answer. Absolutely. Razzle dazzle. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Batman, 1989, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Kim Bassinger. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to go. We've had a whole episode talking oh, about dude, that. Oh, yeah. dude, I could talk <laughs> yeah. about it for thousands <laughs> of minutes. <laughs> Who are you going to so trust? Good. Money, money, money. Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> um, this town is an Don't get me started. I will quote the whole movie. That's my favorite. One of, arguably my top second favorite movie of all time. Um, uh, but if since that's an obvious, I'm going to go with the a little less known uh, based off of a Japanese manga uh, graphic novel, All You Need Is Kill, starring arguably the best action hero of all time, Tom Cruise, oh, Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Such a great movie. Oh. It is a good movie. It is a good movie. Edge of Wait. Tomorrow is oh, a yeah. great fucking movie. If you have if Tom Cruise, if, if, if Tom Cruise ever played Batman, Razzle's head would blow. My up. head, would, my dick would, would get so hard for just awesome <laughs> Easy. things. Oh, and Easy. listen, that would be an awesome movie. If Tom Cruise played Batman, what about like I? I if Tom Cruise could play Ethan Hunt and James Bond and Batman in the same movie. That'd be awesome. If Ted Cruz played Batman, what? (laughs) If Ted Cruz. I I don't want Ted Cruz playing Batman. If Ted Cruz dressed as Batman. (laughs) If Ted Cruz came out on the next debate dressed as Batman, he would win. He would win by, he would win everyone's vote. He would win everyone's vote. I I, I the same Tom Cruise uh, hard on as you do. Right? Isn't he the best action hero of all time? Me and Razzle Uh, and our friend Adam want to do an entire podcast devoted to Tom Cruise called Cruise Control. So you want to talk about Tom Cruise boners. We're boner heavy over here. Guys, you heard it right here. This is the new spinoff. Yeah, new spinoff. Um, so really quick, I gotta I, I gotta jump in with mine. Uh, yes. I already kind of talked about my favorite uh, comic books and uh, artists and and authors and uh, you and Jim uh, you. are and your whole world, your whole that that was my generation. I literally still in a box have uh, first and second uh, issues of Young Blood, Wetworks, Savage Dragon, so Spawn. Awesome. I I went crazy on when you guys launched Image because I was like. This is a whole new world. Like this is not Marvel or DC. This is and it's and it's not Dark Horse. This is no. a new thing that is happening right now with these guys. And so I have all of those. Plus I have I was all X Force, all X Factor, all X Men, all New Mutants. That whole great world to me 
Um, I just, I still kind of sometimes wake up hoping that I'll mutate. I still uh-huh. think that maybe yep. I just haven't reached my, that time yet, and I'm going to have a special power. So that's that. And as far as movies based on comic books, Howard the Duck, Mike oh. dropped. There you go. Oh. Best Boom. comic, best worst comic book oh, movie ever Can made. I tell you how hot Leia Thompson was in so that movie? Hot. She was hot. She Holy cow. And he yes. got some. You call her Leia? Holy he cow. Got you call her Leia? Leia Thompson. Is it Leia? Is it Leah Thompson? Guys, Edward Rooney, come on. Yeah. Oh, man. Hey, let's talk about, let's not talk about him, or do we want to talk about him getting arrested? For child pornography. Child pornography. Let's not go there. That's why I anyway. said Edward, Edward Rooney, okay? Let's yeah. just leave it there. Uh, Leah Thompson okay, was listen, so hot in the movie, I got a crush left. on her. So, so there we go, movies, Shannon we, Fox. We, we should talk about. We got to finish up with Deadpool. How's that yeah, sound? Yeah, Deadpool. Let's, Let's talk it. about Let's it. it. Let's talk Rob, about it. Rob, yes. drop some knowledge on us. Tell us why this is the best movie that anybody has ever made ever, and why we all need to see it. Well, immediately. also, it, it, also, it, it, why is he Canadian? That's just, I just need to know. Is well, Canadian? He, you know what? Because I tied him uh, again. Both Cable and Deadpool. I was trying to uh, try, tie them into Wolverine as much as possible. Got, got it. Wolverine. Got it. Wolverine's my favorite <laughs> character. I saw the 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 effect Wolverine had had, and so uh, when I pitched Deadpool, it was that he was. Uh, Weapon nine before you got to weapon ten, which was Wolverine, and you got to break a few eggs before you make an omelet. And uh, I was also inspired walking out of the movie Twins when uh, Arnold and D- Danny learned that they were genetically, you know, <laughs> mutated, separate. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and when he goes, uh, "How are we twins?" and the doctor says, "You're the good stuff," and Arnold's like, "I'm the good stuff." And then <laughs> Devito, "What on me? You're the crap." And 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 Danny, the I'm the crap. Yeah, that's Use it. The and and so my whole thing is, I want to do. I want. I wanted to introduce that dynamic in into into Wolverine because they again had kept calling him Weapon X. So I asked them, "Are are we on board?" that Weapon X means Roman numeral 10, it's Weapon 10. And up until that point, they hadn't done Weapon 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So they allowed me to kind of slide in there, and that's why he's Canadian. And uh, so cool. The, the great thing about Deadpool, the reason you should get excited, first it starts with the screenplay. Uh, 2010, I read uh, Paul and Rhett's screenplay, and I was blown so away. Uh, not just the, the ridiculous... Uh, the quality of the, of, the, of the dialogue and the snappy jokes and... Uh, but the the mood, the, the, I mean, people call, you know, they, they call things a page turner, but like this was literally like, I can't read this page fast enough and turn it and read the next page and turn it and read it. It was the, the whole movie reflects the screenplay. It, it reflects the screenplay in that it moves. There, it's like Iron Man. It's not, there's no fat on it. It's lean. Uh, it's not one of these bloated production that you go, you look at your watch, is it over? Uh, Tim Miller balances uh, the script where, where they have, I mean, there's, there's some heavy drama. You go, wait, heavy drama in Deadpool? Yeah, it works because of this. The love story between Wade and Vanessa, between Ryan and Marina, uh, is really what the entire thing hinges on and, and is the uh, sets the agenda for why Wade seeks his treatment and why he you know, has to get back the girl. But the funniest jokes in a movie I've seen in a long time, and I love, I mean, Borat and Ted... I mean, when we were when they were shooting it, they they asked me like, "How's this movie going to perform?" And I was the bad guy because I would always give the best answer and the most confident answer, and they'd be like, "Don't jinx it, Rob!" And I said, "Dude, America is going to love Deadpool. They loved a foul mouth talking teddy bear." And this is again, we're not we're not like Ted. <laughs> didn't happen. Let's just stay in the Ted space. When, when, in, in in the Ted space, the original Ted people that rocked them. And I kept saying, "Oh, it's going to do well. It's going to open like that. It's going to have," because I just think people aren't ready for. How rapid fire and adult and raunchy uh, the jokes and the humor are, which is a reflection of Ryan and Paul and Rhett, and how Tim juggles all that with great action, this love story, the humor, the drama. Uh, it, it's a really interesting, you know, I, I 
been on the script, reading it, uh, cheer, cheerleading it for years. Uh, Tim called me up five years ago when he got the job. Hey, Rob, it's Tim Miller. I just want to let you know I'm coming on Deadpool. I was like so flattered. I, I get to talk to this guy. He's going to include me. But we're about to see the first screening, uh, the cut, in December. And Tim just puts his hand on me and he says, this is Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool I'm talking about. He says, Rob, just want to warn you. This is a weird movie. You know, this is a weird film. And he kind of laughed to himself like, it's weird. We made something different. And to me, I'm like, this is the screenplay come to life Except it just, like I said, it moves. It's like one of the reasons I love Mad Max Fury Road so much and why everyone adores it is it, it's so lean Great and mean. Movie. It starts, so it goes, it, you're just on this ride. And, and, I, and, and I have not yet uh, brought up the amazing tour de force actors clinic that Ryan puts on. I really think he, because again, he's, he's a cancer uh, he's he struck with cancer in the middle of this love story, and he's just shattered. Spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's part of the story. I'm sorry. It's in the trailer. In the trailer, Morena Bacharin says, we can beat this Wade Wilson. Bump, 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 bump. Uh, I mean, it's awesome. And and so, look, I, I, there's so much. According to my wife, my very lovely conservative wife, who we walked, <laughs> she walked out of Deadpool, and she goes, that's going to be every 18-year-old boy's favorite movie ever. And I'm like, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, I, that's, it operates on that level. And when I was a kid, it's, it, it's weird. People have moved away from, the, we're in this PG-13 space. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Zachary, when I was 18, 17, I was seeing Ridley Scott's Alien 1, James Cameron's Alien, Aliens, the sequel, uh, Terminator, Terminator 2. Everyone forgets, those were our kids. Uh, yep. all, the, all the diehards, <clears throat> the first three diehards are our are, are, People forgotten. I think uh, Lethal Weapon. R R R R. Robocop. So total Total Recall. Predator. We existed good. on a diet of R-rated so entertainment. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what me and my buddies. And we turned out yes, great. Yes, yes. We didn't hurt people. Um, but Deadpool operates in that space, and we haven't seen a movie that's uh, operated in that space. Sir, I, I love uh, the first Blade films. They they just yeah, the first one's they, great. Um, they, they are really fantastically made films. A little bit ahead of their time, but I, but Blade as a character didn't have the resonance with the fan base that Deadpool does already, and yeah. and uh, D Deadpool I think is just going to it's a triumph for those filmmakers. You know, all the guys who worked on the comics, everybody filled in the space along the way. Uh, I, I I you know people even today on the way over, hey Rob, what can I read before this movie? And I, I'm like, okay, I created Vanessa and Deadpool, and I will tell you, I never got them right like this movie gets them right. Wow. Sometimes wow. going back to Superman. That that Lex Luthor did not exist. That Krypton did not. Sometimes the benefit of twenty five years and really talented guys coming on who yeah. get to weigh it all yeah. can create maybe the best product yeah. of that character, the best representation. So that's why you should see Deadpool. It's a blast. It's an absolute blast. It's a little naughty. It's going to play like Forbidden Fruit with fifteen year olds um, who are going to be like, wait, this didn't happen in in, in Winter Soldier. Um, you know, the Avengers movies. I always say, and I love them, and I and Zachary, I, t I take all my kids. I take my kids multiple times. We go, we enjoy them as a family. But if you close your eyes in Avengers and Avengers, the third act of Avengers 1 and Avengers 2, what you're going to hear, not see, but you're going to hear clank, 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 clank. It's armored dudes battling armored dudes, mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of consequence. You don't have, they've already shown this in the trailer, where he cuts the guy's head off and he kicks it. Kicks, drop kicks the head into the other guy's face. And that's just the beginning of the level of, yeah. wow, we're, we're cutting people's faces off in this movie. It's a different level of violence. <laughs> definitely a different attitude. Different Rob, they thought about calling it Deadpool face-off, but they decided against it. Hey, Rob, we're so excited. I can't wait to see the movie. It comes out Friday. 
Um, I know you're going to the premiere tonight in New York City, or yes, two nights ago, and this fun. comes out. Have, I'm sure you're going to have a great it's time. Be a blast. I'm still trying to finagle a ticket, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds Here, and uh, City Reynolds, if you're out there. Or or we have a Deadpool suit for you that you can put on, put what? the mask on. There's a Deadpool I'll costume. I'll just sneak in. I'm Dude, judging, just sneak uh, in. I'm That'd be great. I'm judging a costume, uh, a costume contest of the best Deadpool. They're having a, a beauty pageant, of which I'm judging. Zachary... Get a Deadpool costume on. Lovely. Well, let's walk you through the lobby and right, and right to your seat. Lovely. Fantastic. Rob Liefeld, thank you so much. Everybody go see Deadpool. Uh, thank you again for uh, staying with us and, and continuing to patronize our little podcast that could. Picking favorites. I'm Zachary Levi. These are the other schmuckos. Thanks for nice to, <laughs> nice, to, nice, to pod, nice to pod meet you, Rob. Yes. Oh, good to meet you guys. <laughs> Enjoy Very your great. day, man. Right, Take care, man. Congratulations listening. on everything. Thank you. God bless. Talk to you soon. Talk Take to you care. soon. This has been a Wolf Pop production. Executive produced by Paul Shear, Adam Sachs, Chris Bannon, and Matt Gorley. For more information and content, visit wolfpop.com.